0: See betmgm.com for terms US promotional offers not available in DC, Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER available in the US call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call one 800 step in Arizona 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts one 800 off in Iowa 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico first bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson.
1: Hey everybody. It's civilized barking. It is December. The Browns are in the playoff hunt. They would be the first wild card of three if the season ended today. Um, I hate that. You probably hate that too, but look, with five games to go, a team that for many years, uh, has already been in draft mode by the time this point of the season rolls around is eight and three playing another eight and three team, a team that was in the AFC championship game last year. It's a big stretch. Um, it's a big game. Titans are pretty loaded offensively. Their uh, centerpiece is running back Derrick Henry. The Browns have a centerpiece running back too. They have a darn good complementary running back. They have a great offensive line. They've won three straight. Um, they've earned right here to uh, be in the spotlight a little bit, to play in a big game, to measure themselves. Um, we know what's ahead, right, if you're listening. Titans this week, Ravens at home Monday night next week. The Ravens have been a mess. Uh, They've been at the center of the NFL's latest COVID mess. They had a game pushback six days, which means instead of a 10 day break right now, they're supposed to be playing tonight as I record this, but they don't play till next Wednesday or Tuesday, which means short week Um, headed into the Browns game. But look, if the Browns win one of these next two, then they are in the driver's seat for the playoffs. So just one doesn't clinch anything, but, um, you know, they are darn close to controlling it for themselves. And by getting one of these next two, next the next one would eliminate the Ravens, which would, I'm sure, for a lot of you guys be sweet. And it would mark a great turnaround considering how week one left. That was a long time ago. Um, you know, throw that game out. The Browns weren't ready to play, and the Ravens are a darn good opponent. So the seasons have gone drastically differently for the two franchises since then for a number of reasons. Uh, the Ravens signed their left tackle to a mega extension on Friday. They lost him for the season. On Sunday, um, the Browns got their uh, revelation of a right guard, Wyatt Teller, back a few weeks ago, the same game they got Nick Chubb back. And the running game is rolling. Um, the offense is clicking. Uh, I like the coaching. I like the running game. You know, uh, let's talk about the quarterback. <laughs> He's been okay. He's not turning a ball over. And, look, I, I am not going to sit here. Nor have I sat here and said, he's awful. He's a failure. Uh, He can't do this. I do think we're starting to see, or we have started to see who he is. I think words like serviceable come to mind. And I know the word inconsistent comes to mind. Uh, The Browns like that he hasn't turned it over, obviously. The Browns like he's getting used to the offense. but what this offense is doing is taking the ball out of his hands, guys. It's the play action. It's the sprint outs because the pocket presence is not getting any better. So he found Jarvis Landry a bunch last week. They need him to do that. And a couple of those were big-time throws, specifically standing out because they followed you know, some of the misses, some of them that you got to have. So we know what this team's identity is. Uh, we know it's been a lot of fun to watch them get there. They get Miles Garrett back. This week, that's, of course, assuming no complications. In in 2020 in the NFL and 2020 in the world, the last thing we want to do is assume. But it does sound like Andy Janovich, the fullback, will be back to help the run game, and Miles Garrett will be back. Um, Denzel Ward will not be back for at least another week. There are indications he can be back for the Baltimore game, the strongest being that the Browns didn't put him on IR. They've kept him on the active roster. So he'll be eligible to play next week. We will see if that calf strain, the calf injury he suffered, uh, at the end of the Philadelphia game, will allow him to play. Uh, this week they'll start Terrence Mitchell, who started all season. They'll start Kevin Johnson, who's moved from the slot outside. Ronnie Harris is, Harrison is on IR. There's some hope he'll be back for the end of the year, but he is going to be out for at least these next three games. That means Carl Joseph back in the starting lineup. Uh, the safety spot remains a big, big problem. So we'll see. Bottom line, guys, um, you know the Browns are making progress. Right? The Browns have been fun to watch. The Browns have really been the smarter, more disciplined team in most games, the more prepared team, not the team that's melted down. Um, in, in the last three specifically, they've gotten their formula. If they get up in the fourth quarter, they're going to kill that clock. The four minute offense, as they call it, has been great. The running game has been great. You know, Nick Chubb has come back not only healthy, Uh, Physically and just—he's just such a rare talent that that burst at that size, uh, the way he runs away from people. But I think he's come back just with a better feel for the the whole everything. You know how, what lanes he's supposed to be looking for, how blocks are opening in front of him. Some of the cutbacks last week (laughs) in clinching that Jacksonville game. I mean, I know it's Jacksonville, but man, oh man, uh, what a talented guy he is. I think Kevin Stefanski is using the backs. Um, you know, he's rotating them, he's keeping them fresh, he's attacking in different ways. And if they do have the lead in the fourth quarter, it's going to be hard on anybody. So um, we'll see. You know, this is probably Friday or Saturday as you're listening to this. Again, we it's Thursday night that's being recorded. So uh, right now, you know, every morning people are holding their breath with the COVID stuff. Uh, The Browns the last couple of days of practice have had everyone except Denzel Ward, at least everyone on the active roster. They still have three guys on the COVID list. So they're anticipating, you know, being healthy, being pretty close to full, uh, getting on a plane on Saturday and coming down to Nashville to play at Nissan Stadium uh, on Sunday. My first car was a Nissan. It was not as big or as fast as Derrick Henry. So we will see. The Titans will challenge this defense in a lot of ways. But getting Garrett back. Uh, the Titans have lost two two offensive tackles, one of them being Taylor Wan, who is just a dynamite, um, you know, really high-level tackle who's been around for several years now. Uh, they have a guard um, who's hurt the latest on their offensive line, Roger Saffold. He's a Cleveland kid. He has missed the last two practices. He's a veteran. I'm not ruling him out. I don't know a lot about that situation. So we will see there. Uh, you would think, as it's been, obviously winning the turnover battle and cashing those in, has been the key to winning uh, for the Browns, but specifically this week, you would think they got to win the turnover battle. I mean, I anticipate 24 being the bare minimum number of points you're going to have to score this week to win. I would not be surprised if it's 31 or 34. Um, you know, we know what the Browns will try to establish and try to set up. You know, f- to get the tight ends and Kareem Hunt involved in the passing game, try to pop a couple. But to me, it's it's got to be Miles Garrett back making a couple big plays, and it's got to be, you know, whether you're taking it away from Henry or Tannehill or whoever has it, um, got to win the turnover battle, set yourself up, and you know, you get in the fourth quarter, you let your running back seat, and you maybe let um, Tennessee's struggling kicker Stephen Guskowski, Guskowski uh, miss, then then hey, you know, all the pressure's on them, and I really think all the pressure is on them. Uh, they're trying to win their division, you know, they're still theoretically chasing that that number one seed, you know, with with five games left, they're three games out of it, and they don't have the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. But, you know, Tennessee needs to win the division, needs that first home playoff game. Right about last year at this time is when Tennessee started rolling and they rolled all the way to the AFC Championship game. So a lot at stake, and we'll see here, uh, you know, what happens with the Browns. But to me, it's about one of the next two. This is going to be the uh, Askin Jackson version. Of this podcast, there was a written mailbag that was printed uh, on Thursday afternoon. I believe that you can go on the Athletic and read. Um, did have a guest lined up, it didn't work out uh, for tonight. Just wanted to say if you're new here, first, thanks for coming. You know, subscribe, review, bookmark, whatever it is that you do. Last week for the second episode, had Dave Zastadil, former Browns punter, on who's doing a little bit of work for the Browns Radio Network. I thought he was a great guest, I thought he provided awesome insights. Um, in terms of X's and O's, and in terms of, you know, culture building, you know, what he sees from afar with Kevin Stefanski and how the Browns look different. I mean, he's a guy that played for three different organizations and played in the league for a long time. And in any NFL locker room, um, the punter, or the kicker, or the long snapper, a lot of times they look different uh, from the other guys, from these freak athletes, but they see a lot and know a lot and know everybody, right? Because they practice for about 15 minutes a day with the team. Uh, They do a lot of observing, a lot of talking, in the building, and and Dave is a guy, a smart guy to start with, but a guy who has a lot of insight um, on how you build and maintain an NFL culture and how you tell a team is healthy. So go back and listen to that if you get a chance. We'll certainly have him back, Um, and and this guest that I wanted to bring on tonight, and it just didn't work out uh, with both of our schedules for a couple of reasons. I promise he will be back too. Got some really exciting things on the writing front coming too. So again. you know, it was just three years ago. It was the first year of the Athletic. And at this time of year, the Browns were winless. And uh, I had gone out to the, to the game in, almost said San Diego, but it was LA, the soccer stadium, the Chargers. And I stayed for four or five days later to write about a uh, USC quarterback named Sam Darnold, who we thought would go number one in the draft. And we knew at that point the Browns would have the number one pick. I flew home from LAX on the red eye. Uh, I believe it was Wednesday into Thursday. Got home at you know 8 a.m. or 9 a.m., wh- whatever that would have been, um, and got a text that the Browns had hired a new GM, John Dorsey. So that was just three years ago. Of course, he's out. Um, this moves fast. Dorsey did a really good job of helping the Browns turn the corner talent-wise. Um, this is a good roster with some great players. You know, one of whom, in Miles Garrett, was already here. Um, enough good players, enough great players. I don't know. I'll sum up this part by saying this, guys. Nobody expected the Browns to win the Super Bowl this year, and they're not. So, whether you want to get worked up about people saying they haven't beaten anybody, or that they won't win this weekend, or that they'll fade down the stretch, you know, we don't know any of that. And in a lot of ways, the evaluation, not just of the quarterback, but of a lot of guys on defense who are free agents, who are just supposed to be um, stop gaps to start with. You know, we'll see. I do think the defense has played better from a scheme standpoint, from a confidence and comfort level standpoint, going all the way back to weeks four, five, and six. I think Joe Woods has done a great job with those guys. I think a lot of times they're outmanned. I think the special teams were awful at the start of the year. I think they're playing better. And when you look at the offense, just another new scheme, guys in and out, um, on the line, off the line. Austin Hooper misses a couple of games. Chubb misses four. You lose Odell Beckham, you know, five or six weeks ago now there is so much room to grow organically um, just with more reps, just with the fancy saying, Hey, this was, this is not what we want here. This is how we want to block this play. This is how I want to call this series. And so, yeah, it, it's been against Jacksonville. It's been against Houston when, when the weather helped and Romeo helped, but finding a way and the Browns have encountered some little adversities. I thought they created some for their self last week, actually, in the fourth quarter in Jacksonville, that stuff matters. And my point is, Considering where they've been and considering that no one really knows at this point the ceiling on this team. Where they are is fine. It's more than fine. It's, it's almost, it's damn near parade worthy. It really is. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll do the measuring. We'll do the evaluating. But they have five challenges left. Uh, all of them unique. Um, the stakes are up and will only continue to go up. You know, I heard a discussion uh, on the radio or, or on a podcast this morning. Is this the biggest game? In however many years, I don't know that answer. Um, I know next week probably is, right? And if you win one or both of those, then the Giants game is. I mean, that's a game where the Browns could need it to either clinch a playoff spot or to keep themselves alive, and the Giants could need it to win their division, right? And then you go play the Jets back in the same stadium the next week, who are awful, who are horrendous. Those players don't want to go zero and sixteen. Greg Williams is their defensive coordinator. He knows Baker inside now. That's going to be a challenge. And then we go to the last week with the possibility that either the Steelers could be playing for perfection or the Browns could be in a one and done fight for your life type spot, or maybe both. And how fun would that be? So um, the first question here, and again, asking Jackson's the mailbag that's on the Athletic. Uh, it's a hashtag. I prefer. I see the questions that way. You can also leave them in the comments section. Um, Tom writes. Will it be disappointing if the Browns don't go 3-2 and two or better for the rest of the season? And, and the easy answer is yes. But I started with this one for a reason. Uh, I was on the athletic football show the other day with Robert Mays. I encourage you guys to go back and check that out, <clears throat> podcast version, if you want, uh, or if you get a minute. But he, he asked me some sort of a same question, but also about do the Browns have a chance if they get in the playoffs? And to me, that answer is absolutely yes. Specifically because who wants to tackle Nick Chubb? And if it's played in 50 degree winds, the Browns are experienced. And if it's played in wind and snow and hail and whatever else, um, it plays into the Browns strengths. So we'll see. But, but my point of that is if you look at who's left and what's left and three gets you to 11 and that certainly gets you in, but the Titans and the Ravens, like just get one of those. And then all of a sudden you've proven you can beat somebody good, right? Just get one of those. And it ups the stakes. It's for your confidence. It, it's, it, you, don't, you don't have to prove anything to anyone, to me or to the guys on the radio or to people on TV talking about the league or to other people on Twitter, but, like, you want to, right? And this is so early in this growing phase that beating the Titans who were in the AFC Championship game last year specifically on the road, I mean, that that you can take off with that. Beating the Ravens who absolutely laughed at you and took their foot off the gas in week one – who were 14-2 and two last year and had the MVP of the league and have been big brother to you for 20-some years now, yeah, that would be huge. So, yeah, um, not going to dive too far into the scenarios and who's what scoreboard watching. But if the Browns get one of these next two games, then the outlook on a lot of things changes and they've stamped themselves as real. So if they don't, Tom, it will be disappointing. Um, but we'll see. We will see. that That's for
0: sure.
1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Question from Norm. What is Kaderil Hodge's ceiling? He seems to have good hands and also trusts the staff. He certainly has the trust of the staff. Um... There is no doubt about that. Um, You know, he's an interesting guy. I I got to talk to him a couple of times last year, and here's why I think he has upside. I mean, he's a bigger receiver. He doesn't seem to have overwhelming speed or explosiveness, but he played at Prairie View A&M, right? He catches on with the Rams, makes the team as an undrafted rookie, plays in the Super Bowl on special teams. You know, the next year they cut him. They probably thought they could sneak him back on the practice squad. They had other guys at receiver. They chose – some other guys from special teams, whatever, but like he's so far off the radar is what I'm saying um, as a college player and probably in development. When you play at Prairie View A&M, you don't come up with the offseason training and and the weight program and just the the overall skill and coaching that the guys who play in the SEC or Ohio State do. That's just how it is. So um, it's hard to find tall guys that can run. He's a good special teams player. He's an NFL talent and Yeah, there's at least a chance that there's more of a ceiling there. Um, That is for sure. A lot of questions about Greedy Williams, we've answered that. The nerve issue is a big worry, guys. Um, But whether it's four weeks, four months, or lingers into next year, I don't know. I wouldn't expect him back this year, but I really don't know. About every other week we ask Stefanski about it, and he just says, you know, we'll see, we'll we'll trust the medical staff on uh, this one. Um, some other questions here, you <laughs> this was in the written mailbag. Do you think we will see some quote, thick and quick Chubb and Hunt action on the field at the same time? Um, not sure that nickname is going to go mainstream, but that was pretty good. Slick rider is his name at red Browns Reds Browns Cavs on Twitter. And he got a chuckle out of me question from John Peterson. How much more enjoyable is it to cover big games in December rather than cover who the coach or GM is going to be talked about that at the top, John, it's considerably enjoyable. Um, you know, haven't. I've only traveled about half the road games this year, just because of the restrictions and how different it is. I will be in Nashville this weekend. Uh, looking forward to that. Not so much from a partying standpoint, because you just still can't really go anywhere. But but being there and seeing, you know, knowing me, knowing the Titans are an established team in the third year of their program, have been in the playoffs, have won playoff games. Like I know that Jonu Smith and AJ Brown are big freaks. Right, I know even with the guys they've lost, they've got a great offensive line on the defensive line. They got Jeffrey Simmons, who would be a Cleveland Brown if the Odell Beckham trade didn't happen—a first-round blue chip talent. So physically, I want to see how the Browns measure up, and I want to see how they attack. Uh, again, this this offense is still growing, still evolving. We will see, you know, how it all turns out. Um, another question from from Slick, uh, asking Jackson: If the quarterback is a C quarterback, as you've stated. What do you think the options could be at that position to make the Browns a Super Bowl contender moving forward? Um, we will see on that. You know, Matt Stafford's going to be the name that's out there. I don't know if Cam Newton's going to come back in free agency, and I don't think you want to go there. And th- This is the whole problem. Phillip Rivers isn't going to win anything for the Colts. Guys, he wouldn't win anything for the Browns. Um, Andy Dalton's a backup, right? Like, Teddy Bridgewater signed a long-term contract. He seems to be the stopgap until Carolina gets the next guy. Like, saying Baker's not going to get there, and again, I just keep thinking Baker shows you who he is, and Stefanski shows you who he thinks Baker is every week, you know, doesn't mean that you can instantly upgrade, or even gradually upgrade, or that you want to take the chance of disrupting chemistry. I mean, I think that his teammates like Baker. That's every impression that I get. You know, I know that the organization would love this to work and would love to invest in Baker and say, this is our guy going forward and we're going to win the Super Bowl. I just haven't seen that consistency. Uh, when every passes an adventure in training camp and they've done it to him every year with a new system. OK, but we're in December now and you got to hit the simple ones. You got to get it going. And the pocket presence has to be there. To me, it just hasn't been there. Um Question from ORP. What is the all-time record for number of snaps played in the season by a Brown and which week will Sendejo break it? They have actually rotated him out for Sheldrick Redwine a few times. It was on Sendejo's 675th snap of the season last week that he finally got his first pass breakup. So, yeah, that that has not gone well. Um, You know, look, I think Andrew Barry, I think this team's in good hands with Andrew Barry. I think he's a smart guy. And I think there's been intentionally a lot of sitting on resources and not making rush snap decisions, you know, last year or the middle of this year, is they kind of wait and see what happens with the salary cap with their own players, um, you know, across the league. Uh, I do think the one thing I could say that Andrew Barry should have done a better job is that's addressing depth in the secondary, right? You give away TJ Carey, you have the third most cap in the league. Like you didn't need to do that. He's not a starter, he's an ultimate utility player. You know, the four guys that are going to start in the secondary this week, Mitchell, Johnson, Sandejo, Joseph, none of them are under contract for next year. Part of me says that's a good thing. Part of me says you always need five corners. You always need guys at safety. Obviously, losing Grant Delpit, that's a guy that they had in the plans. Obviously, trading for Ronnie Harrison was great. Neither one of those guys is available. You know, this is the second or third time Harrison's been hurt. You know, Delpit, he's going to come in. Next year, not only rehabbing an injury, but being behind. I mean, he barely had a rookie offseason. He got hurt on one of the first full padded days of camp. Like, it's it's just very, very difficult um, to, to play when you don't have these guys. And the Browns should have done more in the secondary. We, we'll see how they hold up here at the end of the year. And look, um, it's going to be like Cleveland-like weather here, or in Nashville, excuse me. On uh, on Sunday, it's supposed to be mid-40s, you know, not, not, not wind and stuff like that. The rest of the way, the Browns might play in terrible weather. They might be able to hide that secondary depth. They might just be able to run it right at people and let Teller and Batonio do what they do and Chubb do what he does. And we'll see. If they do and that works out, that's great. Um, I'm, I'm worried about the secondary this week. I'm not alone in that. Question from Joshua. Um, and, again, Joshua is all the time asking Jackson question asker. Thanks to him. Thanks to you guys. Uh, A lot of times I put out the tweet that I need some questions and I get five in the first 10 minutes and that's it. Um, A couple nights ago when I went to start on the mailbag, I just figured I'd spend 15 minutes or so on it before I went to bed and there were so many questions. I was so impressed. So I know you guys are excited. Uh, It's been fun. I think it'll continue to be fun. And just from my standpoint, I appreciate it. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous
0: friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
1: But anyway, here's Joshua's question. Recognizing that this is both prisoner of the moment and an indicator of how low the bar is for this organization, is this the best coaching staff the Browns have had since coming back? Bad weather, Zoom meetings, injuries, and COVID, yet they're even 3 Impressive. No doubt impressive. Um, really top to bottom. And, and we don't get to know the assistants. We don't get to watch them work. Even in training camp, everybody was in masks, right? We were mostly 70 yards away or sometimes double that. But like I said, I think Joe Woods has done a great job with the hand he's dealt on defense. Uh, not, maybe not a great job. I think he's done a much better job. I think he's done a solid, commendable job. Um, of making the most there. Alex Van Pelt, an impressive guy, been around the league, played quarterback in the league. His coach, Aaron Rodgers, was a coordinator a long, long time ago. Really good hire. Obviously, Bill Callahan, um, outstanding hire. So yeah, I think it's a good staff. I continue to be impressed with Stefanski. Uh, as, as Joshua points out here, every morning is an adventure. Every week has been an adventure. The Browns had to have split squad practices last week. You know, the players are now on a schedule where they get up, they drive to the facility, they get a COVID test, they go home, they sit on their laptops and have meetings, then they come back. They have a certain amount of time to lift, a certain amount of time to have practice, and they have to get out of the facility because you can't have guys gathering. Um, the Browns have weathered all sorts of storms, not to mention three games being played in terrible weather. Yes, yeah, super impressive, super exciting slash encouraging going forward that they're in good hands. Got more into the quarterback questions Um In the written mailbag, question here from Corey. Corey asks, with Chubb, Hunt, and Henry do a lot of carries and rush attempts for Browns and Titans, which is more likely to happen? The QBs combined for more than 20 pass attempts or the game was over by three? Yeah, um, I think both teams would love to run it and play a game in an hour and 55 minutes. You know, I think both will throw it. I think one thing Stefanski has done is early in games he's thrown, he's testing defenses, he's he's baiting safeties and linebackers and trying to get guys – Catch him peeking in the backfield. Um, the Titans aren't just Henry, but obviously, when he gets really rolling, he's a beast. Um, really hard to tackle and sets up everything. You know, to me, the difference right now in Tannehill and in Baker Mayfield is it's seasoning for one, but it's athleticism. Um, on those rollouts in the bootlegs and the play actions that both teams do well, Tannehill's really, really dangerous. Um, Corey Davis is, is having a big year. Um, Johnny Smith had a great start to the year statistically. He's kind of been quiet, but he is a big freak of a tight end. He's what David Njoku is supposed to be, quite frankly. And then A.J. Brown. Um, imagine having A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf on the same college team. Yeah, that's what they did. Uh, just freak show. So uh, could be a long one, as I mentioned, for Terrence Mitchell, for Kevin Johnson, Sandejo, and those guys. Um, question from Chris, and we talked about this a little bit. Is Joe Woods a good D.C.? There are absurd moves, such as his loyalty to Sandejo, but he's also making do with half the starters he was expected to have. From a game plan, scheme, personnel standpoint, how do you grade him and see his future in Cleveland playing out? Chris, I, I talked about that twice before. I got to your question. I think he's done good, uh, a good job. You know, one thing that's big to me was the fancy. He worked with Woods before, and he worked with Drew Petzig, the tight ends coach um, in Minnesota, for a long time. But he didn't go hire his buddies, as so many of these guys have done. You know, he reached out. He had no prior connection to Bill Callahan. He coached against Alex Van Pelt for years. And they've put together a nice staff, and they've had these awful circumstances. Uh, he did work with Prefer before. Prefer was a, was a holdover as a special teams coach, and that's what, to me, was kind of so disappointing about how poorly the special teams played early in the year. And I still don't know why they have Donovan Peoples-Jones out there. <laughs> he's going to he's gonna lose him a game. But, um, yeah, to think that the Browns could finally keep staff together finally have the same staff with the same schemes, doing the evaluations, telling the personnel guys what they want, what they have, and guys in the meeting room and things that don't show up on the stat sheet. That's just so big. And we'll see. Uh, Question from John, what has happened to Jacob Phillips? I think they're starting to work him back in, John. He just hasn't been healthy. You know, he's an interesting guy to me because he was 21. Uh, I think he was a little bit overdrafted, quite frankly. Um, so to me, he was always kind of a red shirt, but he gets in camp and you notice right away, he's bigger and faster than these other linebackers. You want him out there and, and the injuries have not been of the major variety, but he, a, a kid like that. And he's very much a kid needs time. So missing the off season, missing the training camp and preseason was big. And then he's out for two or three weeks at a time. So just practice snaps or even just the chance to get him in for six or eight plays as they've done without that. Uh, it's hard for a rookie to catch up. So uh, I will say I'm impressed that um, uh, Taki Taki, before he went on the COVID list, started to play a little bit better. You know, Mac Wilson has played not great, but certainly a lot better. Is His knee has gotten better. And um, it's hard for rookies. So even when it's bad, right, you need to see him a second year. You need them to get comfortable. You need them to get comfortable with their surroundings, with the NFL game, how they're being coached, how you go through the process. And this is such an odd year. But the Browns are building something folks so you know I don't know that this weekend's gonna tell us how much of it's built or how close they are you know to the AFC's big teams but be encouraged be cautiously optimistic uh, if they get blown out meh. if they win celebrate like crazy right uh, I'm looking at the Monday night game a week from now as a huge huge game a huge huge measuring stick but well, they all are um, if you're in playoff contention in December, you're in the playoffs, right? It's not one and done for five more games, but you're in the playoffs. What more could you ask for in year one of another regime change, another coaching change? Uh, be encouraged and enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Uh, talk to you after the game Sunday on Civilized Market.